You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You know, in the commercial news media where they have TV stations with hundreds of people, they'll assemble the show sometimes in just a few minutes because of the press of events. But I don't think in the 10 years that we've done the Paracast we ever planned a show and began to execute that plan in 20 minutes flat. Is this a record for us, Chris? Um, yeah, I think it is. I think the closest we've come is when we've done a couple of episodes at the International UFO Congress. Then we assembled guests pretty quickly. And we got some pretty good content out of it, and I have hopes for today. But I want to talk briefly about something that we mentioned during the After the Paracast podcast, which is a part of the Paracast Plus package. And I'd like to bring it up here, too. And that's about the level of evidence that's available to prove that UFOs are spaceships. Now, last week, we featured Phyllis Bunninger. And she's a terrific guest. She's a nice lady who obviously is very dedicated to her work. And she recounted her research into the Delphos, Kansas UFO case from 1971, is it, Chris? And then the... Barney and Betty Hill case from 1961, where she actually looked at Betty Hill's dress. Right. Now, in all this, all this testing she did, and she's a chemist by profession, she found no evidence to indicate the presence of an alien. Now, I don't know about you. That doesn't prove anything, that there are no aliens. But where's the proof that there are aliens? Uh, number one, you, it's how many years after the um, the alleged abduction did she do the testing? So, you know, even though the dress did hang in a closet and was never washed, you know, the way DNA testing goes, uh, you would think that there there would be something. But but no, I just had my DNA tested. Actually, I got my results yesterday. What do we know about you? Are you an Earth person? <laughs> well, folks, listen, he's hesitating. It's, you know, I was told by my, my uh, erstwhile father, I was adopted by another family. Uh, he lost me and now he's dead. Well, that's his punishment for yeah. losing you. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, he must have been quite, quite the uh, flim flam man because I don't have a great grandmother who's Cherokee, as he put it. I am more British than most Brits. <laughs> I say, old chap. Yes, I'm 70% uh, Brit, uh, 17% from the Iberian Peninsula. So maybe I'm Basque. And uh, 1% Jewish, 1% Finnish, 1% Russian, and 1% Mali from uh, West Africa. And uh, 1%, what's the country right off of Madagascar in southern Africa. That's probably where my, you know, great, great, great to about a 10,000 generations ago, I was probably some, you know, hairy, naked, barely tool using primate. So you are very slightly African American. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, 0.5% Molly, 0.5%. Uh, I was probably a captured slave in the 1400s or something. I don't know. Uh, that was taken to the Iberian Peninsula and married into a Spanish family that somehow had a connection to Great Britain, probably f- fell off the boat in the Spanish Armada. And So that uh, explains a lot, falling off the boat, I mean. Yeah, 
Well, I'm, I'm, I, according to my, my profile, it says you're more British than most Brits. <laughs> All right. I like the 1% Jewish. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, at least I got a little in me. You know, what can I say? At least I'm one of the chosen. That's right. I just wonder who chose you. But I was thinking here, maybe I should get a DNA test. What do they cost now? $99. Okay. $99. Any listeners want to contribute to my DNA test? I, I did it to see see if my, uh, you know, if I, you know, I really had some Cherokee in me because I wanted to get my my card. If I did have a great-great-grandmother, uh, a great-great-grandmother, I would be one-eighth uh, Cherokee. And then I could get my card and uh, get casino royalties. But but no. <laughs> It's your relative's fault. So the whole thing here is you were trying to confirm the percentage of Native American blood in you. Well, that was one reason, yeah. But I, I was just curious, and I, I love the fact that they did this, uh, twenty thousand markers, I think, or something. Uh, and it, it's fascinating to uh, you know to trace your your DNA back. Uh, of course, I, I'm not sure if it was a was a mito- is it mitochondrial that they do? I'm not sure. You know, I, I need to. Ch- I just looked at the results. I didn't check and in, in, go deeper into it to see the actual science involved and which which side of the family. It's probably my father's side, so it's a patrilineal uh, test. A matrilineal test is is going to be different because I, I do know my lineage on my mother's side, and I'm I'm descendant of the Wygants and Carters, and they're they're English and German. So, but I had. No German show up, no Irish. I mean, with a name like O'Brien, you'd think you'd at least have a little bit of Irish in you, but no, none, not one bit. Long and short of it is here is that I would think that if Betty Hill's dress was managed or handled by aliens, would the DNA still be there after... 50, 60 years or something like that? Well, supposedly they excrete, uh, you know, their bodily waste from their skin. So I would imagine, yeah, it would be a, it would be a pretty obvious that uh, there'd be some alien poo or something uh, on that dress uh, underneath the armpits, like she described, where they, you know, where they were carrying her. There should be something there. But there isn't. There wasn't. Nothing was seen. See, this is the biggest problem we have with this. Sometimes you see something anomalous in the testing. Well, this isn't really normal. But at the end of the day, we've been saying UFOs are spaceships, or most people have been saying that. We obviously have the reality of the sightings and the radar and the trace evidence, but nothing says ET. Not a bit of it says ET, not at all. Yep, you should think that that one of those machines would have gone, ET, ET. Okay, or something like that. Whatever it is, we're not seeing the evidence. It doesn't mean UFOs aren't spaceships. But I think when you reach a point where we're talking about all these years doing testing, researching, we see evidence of that. Now, of course, if they are time travelers from the future, you know, like the 12 Monkeys TV show, or... Even from another dimension, I guess we'd see it. But if they're from right here on Earth, a breakaway civilization, whatever, obviously the DNA would be 
human where it exists. I don't know. Anyway, what we're going to talk about today in the PowerCast has nothing whatever to do with trace evidence, although potentially it could. We've been talking about projects for UFO detectors, such as the San Luis Valley Camera Project and, of course, UFO Data. That project, which we featured on an episode of the PowerCast, is run by Mark Rodiger of the Center for UFO Studies, along with Leslie Kane. And read a story that Chris forwarded to me a few weeks back, headlined Vancouver Software Engineers Shoebox-Sized Satellite to join the UFO hunt. And we've been trying to get together with one of the team who's involved in this CubeSat for Disclosure venture to launch a UFO detector into low Earth orbit. And the fellow who's joining us is the project manager and software engineer by the name, by the name of Dave Cote. So we're going to find out from Dave in just a few minutes about how he got involved in UFOs, why he thinks a low-Earth orbit satellite will be productive, the status of the project, and when it might be launched. And that sounds fascinating if you're looking for nuts and bolts UFO research to see what's going on. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. I know that a lot of our listeners are interested in UFOs, the issue of giant skeletons found in America, paranormal investigations, and what the top researchers think about such topics. One online magazine has been presenting such unusual information since 1985. It is Alternate Perceptions Magazine at apmagazine.info. Use their search function to find articles on just about every topic imaginable. That's apmagazine.info. Info. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. one 800 403 4885 or go to selectquote.com. We shop, you save. Get full details in the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. 
He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. It's no secret that pathogens such as bacteria, viruses, moles, and fungus can inflict severe damage in the human body. Fortunately, a new and vastly improved silver solution has been developed. Supernatural Silver is a revolutionary broad-spectrum antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal solution that can be used inside the body as well as on the skin. Supernatural Silver is unique and superior to colloidal and ionic silvers using a patented technology that is highly effective against colds, flus, infections, food poisoning, and yeast, in addition to many other pathogens. Supernatural Silver is scientifically supported, extremely safe, and is the number one choice of thousands of people for immune system support. Find out how Supernatural Silver could change your life. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code HEALTHY for 20% off. That's SupernaturalSilver.com. And like us on Facebook. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So we have Dave Cote. And hi there. Hi there. Joining us on the Paracast with Gene and Chris, we're going to talk about this CubeSat project for disclosure. But first, let me remind you, we mentioned in our previous segment, we have a second radio show out there that we'd like you to listen to, like you to get caught up in. It's called After the Paracast. And it, originally, it started out just to be kind of a wrap-up show or color commentary. But then we would do episodes, and suddenly we find that we can't just do the regular show in the normal amount of time, the guest has more to say. So we continue the episode in After the Paracast. We did that with our Listener Roundtable. We did that with another show of ours uh, where we had the 10th anniversary episode. But to get After the Paracast, you've got to be a subscriber to the Paracast Plus. To learn more, go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. Dave Cote, first thing I want to know, sir is how did you get interested in following UFOs? Well, it started for me, uh, I think it was around 2010. And I'd heard a lot of stories from various friends, um, some of them being reputable. One of them was a, a film director, as I used to work in film. And I never really thought too much of it. And around 2010, I had a, an old high school friend who I know quite well, trust him, he told me of an experience that he had had in California. For him, it was 2008, off the coast of California. He witnessed, apparently, like a mile-wide ship uh, over the water, over a few islands. And the islands gave him reference so that he, he could say it was about a mile wide. 
he described all the details to me. And I, I mean, I was still quite skeptical and I told him like, like, I know you, I trust you, but this is just like, it's out of this world, literally. And I had a hard time hearing his story. And at that point he invited me, he said, would you like to see them? And I kind of thought, what? He said that ever since the sighting he had, it kind of terrified him. He said when it happened, cars came screeching to a halt. Some people screamed. And he says ever since it happened, he'll go looking in the night skies and he'll usually see something. Now, I don't know if there's a connection there, like he's had a sighting and then he sees more things. So he invited me along and I thought, well, yeah, sure, I'd love to see something um, to help with my skepticism. And so he took me out to a place called Mission. It's close to my family's house uh, near Vancouver. And we went to Rolly Lake at night and we kind of just sat under the stars and waited. It was about an hour in when I was losing hope, thinking, you know, this is ridiculous. Uh, we saw something. We saw a little, it looked like a flash bulb turn on above us, way up kind of in the atmosphere. And my friend, he started hollering, really excited. I just kind of jumped out of myself. I think it freaked me out a little. As the light started kind of circling around and moving, and then it would turn out, and then it would turn on again, and it would kind of zigzag. Now, this was before drones existed, so it, it was not a drone, and it wasn't a plane, obviously. And it wasn't a helicopter. There was no sound. So at this point in time, I, I kind of my skepticism turned into a question of like, what did I see? What, what could this possibly be? And then I just, I began researching the subject, trying to figure out what it was I was looking at that night. And since then I went out that whole summer, I invited my brothers to come with us. We had a few sightings. I just could not get my logical brain around what we were seeing. So this is what kind of led to my interest in wanting to finds a scientific way of pinning down what we were witnessing. Let me ask you here, before you saw those orbs, yeah. before your friend told you of the mile-long UFO, yeah. you never read about the subject, you never paid attention to it? Um, I mean, in a fun kind of way, like watching X-Files and ancient aliens and documentary that kind of thing where it's interesting it's like i mean i never thought i thought there's no proof for this but it's an interesting theory that so, we've been visiting so at this point to you it was just maybe a form of entertainment some information some relaxation but you exactly. directly having seen something strange assume it must be extraterrestrial well one thing that happened was I, I saw these UFOs over the course of a summer. Um, it told me that there's something there now, whether this is a, a government black ops thing. However, in Canada, in the small town near Maple Ridge or Mission, I don't see how that would be the case. Um, but it kind of verified what my friend had told me about this huge sighting that he had had. And if this huge sighting that he had seen in 2008 were true, then I can't see that being any kind of earth project if it was literally a mile, a mile long. Um, in my research after this, I came across like the famous Phoenix lights. That's a very, you know, a reputable claim. And that ship was very large and it's hard to see that as being 
something that humans or, or governments are, are playing with. Fair enough. Now, how did you set up this project to yeah. send aloft a UFO detector? How did it lead to that? Just seeing something strange, seeing strange things in the sky. Well, since that time, I mean, I've had a few sightings as I, I tend to look up a little more day or night. Uh, I was in uh, Thailand in Bangkok with my fiance a couple of years back and we were on the roof of our apartment in broad daylight, just laying there, you know, relaxing. And we saw a cigar shaped object floating above us and going across the sky and it had no wings. It was about um, probably the height, maybe a bit higher as a, like a jet, an airline jet, but it was very strange. It was literally one of the cigar shaped uh, UFOs that you see pictures of. Now we're talking here about the same size as a regular aircraft, except without the wings and the tail, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, it might have been a bit larger, and we watched it for quite a while to make sure like there wasn't a trick of the light. And yeah, it, it had no wings. It was very strange. So since then, yeah, we've had a few other sightings, and it's just kind of been in my brain and one of those things that I can't figure out. And because of that, it's like something in, in my mind does not make sense. I was reading an article about uh, Interorbital Systems. It's a company that does launches, and they there was this big article on how they will send a really small tube sat. It's not quite a cube sat, a little smaller, and they'll launch it for you for eight thousand bucks. And that kind of keened my interest, thinking, "Wow, maybe we can actually do an experiment." to see what these uh, the UFO phenomenon is. You know, before we get into our next segment, how interesting it is that a long time ago, you wanted to launch anything into orbit, any kind of orbit, any kind of satellite. You're talking about tens and tens of millions of dollars. That's so it's right. a province of very rich people or governments. Regular people couldn't do it. We want to get into this great equalizer in terms of launching a satellite and what you hope to accomplish, and we'll deal maybe more with your experiences. We have Dave Coat with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Don't know what's in your drinking water? Better get a ProPure. With the Pro One G 2.0 all-in-one filter, remove over 200 contaminants, including fluoride and lead. Taste water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure water filtration products. There's a ProPure system for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details on our current free shipping special or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. 
That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and body extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. This is David Cordani, CEO of Cigna. For more than 20 years, Cigna has worked with the March of Dimes to address premature births in the U.S. Premature births cause horrible suffering and cost billions of dollars each year. That's why Cigna is committed to raising funds and awareness through our employees, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies. Please join us in supporting the March for Babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. On the Paracast, we have Dave Cote, who is a software engineer, has had UFO sightings, including a large cigar-shaped craft, and now is looking into the possibility and trying to make this project work, he and his colleagues, for a cube set. You're talking about $8,000 cost. What kind of launch is this? Is this regular orbit, like you launch a communications satellite or a, some well, kind of other probe? The $8,000 launch was for a small, a tiny device. It's called a tube sat. It's smaller than a cube sat. Um, it wouldn't have much functionality to it. 
So what we're doing is we're launching a, a CubeSat, either a U1 or a U2, which is the U1 is it's 10 centimeters cubed. Um, a U2, you just double that. It's two of them stuck together. So our launch is actually going to cost, um, the launch itself is about 17000 US dollars, and then the building of the satellite will probably be about about that as well. So it'll it'll probably come up to thirty thousand, maybe a little more after everything is considered. And our launch, it will go. I think it's between three hundred and ten kilometers to four hundred kilometers, depending on space weather at the day of the launch. This will only give us approximately three months of orbit before it re-enters and burns up. So it's not it's not the same as like the Global Star network that's up. Yeah, it's low. It's low. It's a low orbit. In other words, yeah. yeah. Well, what what sort of uh, what sort of trajectory will it have uh, once it's once it's uh, placed in orbit? Where would it, it will be? Will it be going around the northern hemisphere, or the southern hemisphere, or the equator? Or? It'll be a, a polar orbit. So it'll oh, be okay. heading south, um, and it'll do a polar orbit in a southward direction. I'm assuming it'll it'll kind of go over different parts of the Earth, similar to the International Space Station. It kind of uh-huh. goes around, but then it moves over just a bit because of the rotation of the Earth. So it'll be moving east uh, every orbit. It'll have a slightly different lat- uh, longitude. Yeah, so it'll, eventually it'll cover all parts of the globe. So you're going to get a complete coverage with this kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it's... It'll be a small area for, like, it'll only see the small area as it's traveling around. It would be nice to have a network of maybe a hundred of them. But that's yeah, fair. that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to get into the details with you about this, what you hope to accomplish in terms of the measuring equipment on it. But yeah. is this also meant then as maybe a way to test the concept and maybe interest people who have the money to set up a complete network of these satellites? Definitely. That's kind of my thoughts were, I mean, when I did my first, I think it was the first two months of our fundraising, uh, a TV news media place contacted me out of Ontario and they interviewed me on it. And I thought, I've already kind of reached the goal of getting the word out. Because yes, I think the fact that we're doing this it kind of opens people's eyes and opens their minds to the fact that it's possible. I mean, it's not going to cost hundreds of millions anymore with, you know, $30,000, $40,000. Anyone can just launch one of these things. Okay, so obviously it is affordable. And yeah. just remember, just as an example of the cost, $17,000 for the launching like that, the total cost being in the 30,000s range, that's about the cost of an average new car. I think an average new car in the United States is close to $34,000 now. So is this something that you can actually go to a bank and finance, or did you have to just use crowdfunding? Well, in the beginning, when I had thought it would only cost $8,000, I was considering doing it myself. Um, I contacted a couple friends and said, hey, do you guys want to get in on this with me? And one of them, no one would just, you know, put up their money. And they said, they suggested, why don't I do some crowdfunding? So I thought, okay, well, I'll give it a try. I didn't really have high hopes on it, but I thought, you know, it's worth a try. So I put it up and 
while I was putting it up and doing my research, I realized that to actually get the instruments we need, it's going to be a lot more. So I had set our initial crowdfunding at 50000 because once data costs are included and everything is included and we may have to pay some people for their time for soldering and electrical things, it, it does add up quite quickly. And so, yeah, that's how I ended up going the crowdsource route. Um, I didn't finance any of it. None of it's on loan. It's all interested parties that are putting their own money in and they just want to see us try to help disclosure happen. So you expect here that there's a chance you'll be able to detect something strange? I think so. I think there's a chance. I mean, just going on the sightings I've, I've had, um, I'd say 50% of the time going out on a summer night near some water or lake and looking at the sky for a couple hours, we see something strange. Now, if, I mean, they're UFOs, they're unidentified flying objects. We don't know what they are. So if, if we see that half the time going out looking, and I don't go out often, I mean, over the summer, maybe I'll go five times, and then two or three of those times we'll see a strange light in the sky that's not moving normally. So this gives me hopes to think that, yeah, we'll capture something, and with the right instruments, hopefully it won't just be a UFO, and we might be able to say it's an identifiable flying object. What interests me, first of all, is the batting average you have in seeing strange things in the sky. I mean, people do this for years and see nothing. And you have a 50% chance of seeing something if you spend a few hours outside? I think, you know, what, what actually got me thinking about it was, I mean, I had never seen anything before. And I guess in my own mind, I would think, yeah, I've looked at the sky a lot. But I never actually put a blanket out scanned the sky for, you know, a four-hour period of time. I'd never done that before, and I wonder how many people actually do that. Well, well, first of all, I, I must have missed where these sighting events occurred. Where, where exactly were you? This was in uh, Mission, which is close to Vancouver, about an hour and a half drive from Vancouver, Canada. But which direction? Uh, east, east of Vancouver. Okay, so you were... Let's see about west coast co of the continent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I grew up in in, in Seattle. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've been all through that area of Harrison Hot Springs, uh, all the yeah. way to all the way over to Jasper and Lake Louise, Lake Louise, and then up up the Saskatchewan River Valley, uh, an area that's really not that uh, there's not that much population there. Uh, have you spoke with uh, Brian Vike, who's uh, runs a um, kind of a UFO group there in BC. No, actually, I haven't. Yeah, you should look him up. V I K E Brian Vike. He's been he's been a clearinghouse for British Columbia Reports for twenty plus years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'll and do that. Uh, yeah, uh, because what you you may want to do is, uh, you know, that's that's a pretty incredible statistic. Um, where I lived for thirteen years down in Colorado at least for the United States, has the, uh, per 10,000 population, has the highest number of UFO sightings. It's around 273 sighting events per 10,000 population. So, you know, what you're talking about is so far above any um, established uh, level of sighting events uh, for an area 
then I'm scratching my head going, man, maybe I should <laughs> take yeah. a trip up there. If you think that every other time you go out, you're going to be seeing objects up there. Maybe, maybe more people need to be uh, focusing their attentions on that part of Southern British Columbia. And I'm going to ask yeah. you another question. We have to break in a moment. And that okay. is here, you're having this great batting average. Have you talked to people who live in that area about whether they are seeing UFOs? Do the local newspapers or newspaper, local media report frequent sightings? I want to know more about that. And we'll get into that and then focus more on your satellite project with Dave Cote and Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. Destroy harmful bacteria, allergens, bed bugs, dust mites, fleas in your home with the Ladybug Steam Vapor System. The Ladybug dies deep on surfaces without any toxic residue. Traditional control agents contain toxic chemicals which do more harm than good. Sanitize and disinfect using just water. Quick, fast, and surprisingly easy. Find out more now by calling 800-997-6584. Ask for Randy. That's 800-997-6584. Or go to advap.com slash GCN. That's advap.com slash GCN. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. 
Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We have Dave Cote, and he's involved in a project called CubeSat for Disclosure. And he's talking about the fact that he is seeing UFOs west of Vancouver in the province of British Columbia, Canada, has a 500 batting average, which means half the time he looks or goes out, he sees something. So what about the local media? What about the local populace? Are other people reporting a lot of UFOs? Well, I have not looked into any uh, reporting channels. Like I have not. I think I reported maybe one. I had found an app on my Android phone. Can't remember the name of the app, but you could report UFO sightings. You could also look for UFO reports within your radius, etc. Uh, I had done that once, but mainly I had just kind of talked about it with my family, my friends, people I'd take. My brothers are both science students as well, and they're they're highly skeptical. So whenever we would see something, we would talk about it. And by the time the next day had rolled around, we'd kind of discounted it as much as we could to the point where we didn't really believe what we saw again. And then we'd go another few nights and we'd see something else. And this is kind of the process we'd go through. Like, I'll try to describe what we would see that would be, you know, a common thing that we would see is you'd see a a quick little flash, like a flash bulb going off way in the atmosphere above you. And then you'd kind of pay attention and then you'd wait and then it would flash again and sometimes actually stay on for a bit. And this little light would kind of wiggle around and then it would turn out. So then we would see that and we'd think, what the heck? We'd start to talk about, well, it's not a plane because, I mean, planes, they're very predictable. They have their flashing lights that they legally have to have. They move in a straight line. They don't go in arcs. No sound, so likely not a helicopter. Then we would start saying, well, could it be, you know, a a falling star or a meteor? I mean, if it's a flash, just a single flash, then yes, it, it very well could be a meteor just hitting, um, not streaking because maybe it's coming directly at us. But when it actually stays on and moves a little bit, that's when you start to question, like, what on earth are we witnessing here? Some of the times we'd see, we'd just see a flicker, like the light turn on for a sec, go off. Other times it would stay on and move about. I bet if I say how many times did we see something actually moving, in a, making a motion through the sky, that would lower my batting average significantly. But yeah, we've had quite a few times that we were scratching our heads and not able to 
explain to each other or ourselves what we were seeing. Chris, you've done so many years of field investigation. Ever hear of lights like that? Yeah, I've heard of every every configuration, every description, every color, every type of movement. It's there is no real rhyme or reason. It's very intriguing to me, though, that uh, there should be all all this apparent activity going on, and we just aren't hearing about it through Brian Vike and others. Of course, right there in Seattle is the National UFO Reporting Center and Peter Davenport. I think if you want to do some more research, uh, Dave, you should contact Peter and find out uh, the kinds of reports that are right across the border there in in uh, north-central Washington over uh, towards, I guess, the uh, the Seattle area. And then up around between Nelson and Beast and uh, uh, Vancouver, and and get a little better sense of what officially is being reported there. Um, you know, you could some of what you're seeing could be some sort of Boeing might be trotting stuff out and test flying stuff over there. You never know. So I think yeah. I think it'd be interesting for you to do uh, some research and and you know get a little bit more up to speed on on some of the activity that's going on in the area i love the idea of your project i think it's a really good one oh i was just saying thank you yeah any sort of help that we can give you here at the paracast let us know we have a uh, international audience we've got folks up in up in your area uh, and all over the world uh, listening to the show every week and we do kind of pride ourselves in being up to speed on a lot of uh the different subject matters that we we cover here, especially UFOs, and and uh, you know I think it's important for you to get uh, up to speed, and and that's going to help you too uh, in terms of selecting the brands and types of equipment that you want to put on your bird. Uh, you know, obviously you're doing that, but um, you know I've I've got some contacts for you that uh, you know guys that used to work at Aerojet and design optic systems for um, you know, Department of Defense and. And other things. So, you know, you do have recourse in getting some consultancy uh, type uh, assistance uh, from people that really know their stuff. And, you know, you, you don't with this kind of operation and in limited lifespan, you want to maximize the potential as much as you can uh, and, and, you know, bang for the buck. And um, and there's ways to, you know, you don't want to have to reinvent the wheel, so to speak. And. And the, and the cost of the technology, as, as I'm sure you found out, is 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 falling off a cliff, which is, I think, really good for the uh, for the UFO detection uh, projects out there. I have one going myself that's going to be a, a ground-based detection system, but triangulated array, so we can we can pull some good science out. You need to talk to some scientists, some optical physicists, and others, and find out the kind of data that they would require to take seriously. That would be my number one suggestion and i'm sure you know to some extent you've done that but you know uh, you should really spread your net far and wide for real good targeted professional uh scientific help with us that's that's my opinion yeah i mean we we're lucky enough um i had a fellow named matt lippert who's come aboard i'll give you i'll give a bit of background when i first started i had a, a family friend and he's taking his master's degree he's doing in CubeSat optimization, and he was going to help to build it and everything. Um, once we had our first news broadcast, I think it freaked him out a little because he's applying for his master's at different schools, and he pulled out, and he said, I don't want to, he didn't want to associate it with the UFO subject while he's applying to schools for his master's. 
And at that point, I, I kind of freaked out thinking, wow, I guess I have to build this myself. Um, I'd have to learn. But then a fellow from uh, AFIT, the Air Force Institute of Technology, he sent me a message through our Kickstarter. And he said he's very interested. He had a similar idea that you know he wanted to send a CubeSat up for a similar purpose. And he wanted to help out. Um, I vetted him. I mean, the fact that he works for the Air Force, I had all kinds of you know, conspiracy thoughts like, oh, the Air Force, right? They Are they trying to get involved or whatever? But it turns out he works for them in, a, in an educational capacity, basically teaching them about CubeSats. And he's got an interest in our project because he wants to start a CubeSat company. So by teaming up with us and building this with us, he gets to launch his first satellite and then kind of pull out from his current job and start a, his own Lippert Technologies where he'll They'll basically offer to people, let's build you a CubeSat. So it's kind of beneficial to him as well as us. And he's taken on the majority of the building of the components, which is great because at the school, he's got um, access to electrical engineers, people who know how to actually do the soldering, etc. Um, he's helped in a way that we can, we can take a, it's called a beagle bone black board, and then they'll swap the RAM out to make it a little sturdier to, for the, the radiation that's up in orbit. And he also has, like, he's got SpaceX on speed dial and all these different folks that he talks to. That alone has helped us a lot in terms of just the instruments, what's either available, um, what we need, things that don't exist that he's been able to kind of modulate or, or build himself. So I'm very thankful to Matt Lippert for coming aboard, and he's really making things a lot easier that way. Now, I want to go into, when we get back after the break, and asking you about the equipment on the site, what assumptions you're making about what you hope to measure with regard to a UFO. But first, let me tell our listeners. Now, as some of you already know, the PowerCast is not all that we do. We have a second radio show where we cover personal technology with special interviews, the latest gadgets and such. It's called the Tech Night Owl Live. It was actually my first radio show. It started in 2002. And you could check it out at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. But we also have a companion radio show for the Paracast. And we call it, of course, After the Paracast. It includes color commentary, just Chris and I talking. Occasionally, we continue interviews that began in the regular episode of the PowerCast because it's just too much to cover, not enough time. And so we continue, as we've done in recent weeks with our listener roundtable and also with our 10th anniversary show with Paul Kimball and Greg Bishop and Gox Mackay. To learn more about it, go to plus.theparacast.com. That's P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com and we have low subscription rates you can try it month to month you can try it by the year by five years and even a lifetime subscription because we'll be here at least another 10 years and it's certainly going to be a bargain plus.theparacast.com we have dave coat joining us with gene and chris you're in the paracast thank you for listening to gcn Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, so we'll get back into some of the sighting stuff, but I wanted to focus a little bit more about CubeSat. So you're going to put up this satellite in low Earth orbit. What do you hope to measure? What kind of equipment are you going to put on it well primarily there i mean the first edition we had were cameras and we will have two cameras one facing earthbound and then one facing towards space now the earthbound camera i mean i've i've been recently doing a bunch of image analysis just based on um the live feeds of the iss and taking a look at that and it is going to be difficult to actually pick out objects on the earthbound range uh, unless it's at night. If, if a UFO is lit up at night, then that, I mean, we're going to get a nice few pixels of light there. Um, the spacebound also will be better in terms of capturing an object that's reflecting something. I mean, at that point, we're going to have to determine was that another satellite? Was it space junk? Was it reflecting or emitting its own light source, etc.? So we'll have the cameras. They'll be high-def cameras that we'll be able to capture um, as much as it can based on its pixel count. We'll be removing the, the infrared filters that they put on a lot of cameras just so that you get a nice image without all the extra infrared. We'll be removing that filter. So we'll, be, we'll get the additional information of infrared spectrum that should be able to help 
I'd say maybe it'll double our resolution. Then we will have, I mean, I had, I had thought that high energy ionized radiation would be a good idea. So we'll have a, a Geiger counter on there. Um, these things are usually directional, which will make it a little difficult unless the, the radiation readings spike all around our satellite. But in my research of, of UFO phenomenon or where people have actually claimed that they've experienced like a landing, like the, there's one in the, in the UK there in the forest. Um, there's a few others I researched. They tended to mention electromagnetic radiation spikes during these events. So I thought, well, then we should be measuring that as well. So we're going to measure electromagnetic. So we've basically got high energy particles, electromagnetic, and then the visual and the infrared with our cameras. You know, there's two, two sensors that you really should consider. And that okay. would be the gravitometer to measure changes in, uh, in, in gravity, and also a magnetometer uh, to ch uh, measure changes in electro the electromagnetic uh, spectrum. Um, those are two. Yeah. Uh, those are two. You know, forces that we are fairly certain are involved in UFO propulsion, um, and also, you know, the, the types of effects that are reported by witnesses: uh, car electrical systems crashing, that sort of thing, uh, changes in the Earth's gravitational field, or the, the, the amount of gravity is being affected by uh, by another a gravity source. Uh, things like optical collapsing of horizons, for instance, uh, of footage taken out of airliner window windows, and the intense gravitational field actually optically bends the light. So uh, yeah. those are two really important ones. Um, something like a radiation detector, I think, would be fairly, uh, I don't know, I, I just said it would be superfluous, I think. I, I don't think it would really have that, uh, uh, you'd really learn much from that. Uh, Especially well, we, because in space, you've got so much radiation bouncing around already. It's going to be ebbing and flowing all the time. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, the, the, you know, changes in, in gravitational uh, intensity and also changes in, in EM intensity is really important. Those are two, two sensor arrays that are, I think, crucial. Optically, yeah. you know, it's, you know, scientists aren't really that impressed by uh, optical information. They're impressed more with uh, measuring other types of um of energy yeah i agree and we do like we do have the magnetometer uh on board we have a three-axis magnetometer and then we'll also be getting the electromagnetic um the the high energy radiation the geiger counter um it's just really light and really easy to stick on there and really cheap it's only like a hundred bucks so yeah, we're yeah, gonna, so why not <laughs> yeah why not i mean yeah. You're right. Like that may not show anything because we're there's also something we need to worry about that's uh what's it called? The something anomaly. It, it's over I think Antarctica. It's this high radiation area that potentially our CubeSat will have to pass through on each orbit. Um hopefully we'll miss it, but there's a chance we're gonna be going through it. Um we're gonna try to harden the satellite so that it doesn't get damaged, but in the past this little anomaly, this anomalous area has actually shut down satellites. So, yeah, I mean, if we didn't know about that, we'd think, oh, wow, there's definitely an anomaly happening every time we go over the Antarctic. <laughs> right. I, I hate to be the, the negative uh, nabob here. <laughs> That's okay. But uh, <laughs> the, the, the one thing that I'd, I'd be most concerned with is having some sort of um, 
anti-satellite uh, <laughs> defense system because uh, chances are uh, there will be certain uh, other uh, neighbors in space that uh, will be a little bit, uh, I think, challenged by your project. And, uh, you know, people have often joked with me that the, the, the one thing I need to be concerned with in the San Luis Valley with my three-camera array is, uh, is somebody um, – flying by and zapping my cameras um and and the same might hold true for you <laughs> yeah. it'd be interesting to um maybe stick a radar unit on it <laughs> to detect yeah, incoming yeah. incoming anti-sat uh, weapons <laughs> yeah i mean i've i've had that posed quite a few times usually in the comment sections of of articles and such um people will say the government's going to shoot it down and whatnot and i mean i suppose if that happened that would just be a little bit of confirmation that maybe something is going on in space that um, yeah. people don't people don't want us to know about. And as costs come down, I mean, maybe we'll just send up more and more. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I said that kind of half in jest, but uh, yeah, uh, I've been told by um, by a friend who was involved in most of our uh, highly classified uh, detection equipment up in space that. Since ninety, since the early nineties, every satellite system we've put up there uh, for the Department of Defense has also been pointed outward. So, really, yeah, That's crazy. Wow. Uh, well, I don't know if it's crazy, but it, it has a ring of truth to it. And this yeah. is somebody that worked on everything from Apollo uh, all the way through to uh, to the early nineties uh, on our on our very classified uh, satellites that we have up there, with all bristling with uh, with detection arrays. Now, in terms of your camera. Um, since you're relying heavily on the G Wiz factor, uh, which yeah. of course is is an optical uh, is optical data, uh, what kind of camera are we talking about here? What uh, would you give me a sense of of the actual um, resolution yeah, me, of the camera? Uh, you're talking yeah. 16K, 4K, what? I think it's 4K. Uh, it's changed a few times, so let me see if I can actually find it here. It was oh, what was the one we were using? This is where we do spontaneous radio, instant yeah. research. Yes, sir. <laughs> it was the D uh, DSCS. Uh, let me just quickly DSC twenty eight sixty. Well, at what distance can it? Uh, I mean, because uh, past a you know past a distance, a camera that could fit on a satellite that size is not going to be able to detect anything over you know anything under a mile at. Uh, yeah, at that true. altitude, uh, you're, you're, you're only going to be picking up motherships. You're not going to be picking up. You're only going to be picking up grandmotherships, and you yeah, have a very I mean, small chance of getting mothers motherships. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. It's not like when it's going to be similar to the camera that's used, the high def camera on the International Space Station, um, which, like, when you look down, you're going to see a whole bunch of clouds. You're going to see some ocean, and yes, if it were, you can't. You can barely make out a plane. Um, a plane would be a couple pixels. Right. So in that, in terms of that, we would be hoping that it would be closer and that we would be lucking out um, coming across something. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. again, it would be nice to have several of them spanning. You know, well, a whole net of them would be ideal. <laughs> then you could cover the whole thing like a blanket. But yeah, yeah. so in other words, it's, it's almost like playing the lottery to go up there because you never know. Um, true. Yeah, it is true. Yeah. We'll get into more of the CubeSat program and the plans and the hopes and the dreams with Dave Cote. And Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shot for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details in the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 pain relief hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So we're going into space, maybe, with CubeSat. Dave Cote is part of the CubeSat for Disclosure project. So let's look at where we are now. And obviously, you haven't built the satellite yet, so things can change. Right now, the basic hope is that if you capture a UFO in terms of a photograph, it's got to be a pretty big UFO. It can't be one of the normal, so-called normal-sized craft, right? Unless it's close. I mean, if it's within our, our field of view and it's high enough up in the altitude, which should, I mean, based on anything, sightings that, uh, like any sightings that I've had, or a lot, a majority of the sightings that I've heard about, they're usually quite high up in the lower atmosphere. So I would hope that we may capture something around that range in the like low Earth orbit, basically. Are you going to have uh, optics also facing outward or just down? Um, up and then down. We're aiming for a kind of a fisheye parabolic lens that right. will extend our field of view beyond what it would normally be capable right. of. Right, so like an all-sky cam type, uh, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, there are cameras that, that that don't have the fisheye distortion that you can use that have a tremendously wide field of view. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we'll be aiming for. I mean, we probably will not see the actual horizon, like dipping beyond the horizon, but we'll get a, a large portion of the sky around the satellite itself. Now, this is obviously very much dependent on luck, that number one, there are yep. mothership-sized craft flying about, that they would get close enough to you to be able to detect them. Yes. Okay. Now, I'm going to be a little critical here, but I understand the nature of what you're doing, what you're trying to do. The chances for success are fairly low, aren't they? I wouldn't go as far to say that. I mean, based on the sightings that do occur, I think we have a pretty good chance. I mean, it's going to be up there for three months. So that's quite a long time. I think the amount of photos, we're going to be taking close to a million photos that we'll be going through. So I think we have a pretty good chance of catching something, at least some some anomaly of some sort. Have you considered some sort of software that would be um, uh, triggered uh, like by motion? In other words, detect motion um, and then... Uh, Use your optics to focus in and follow and track motion? Yes, absolutely. And I'm actually working on that right now. I've been writing software that we're going to be putting on our boards, and it specifically does exactly that. It will detect motion, changes within the image, and then will allow us to refocus. And we've got some magnetotorkers that will actually allow us to move our cameras, move the sat, and, and focus on an area that we wish to focus on. So Good. it won't be so much random. We will actually have some control and some automation in the That's process. very, very exciting. Uh, yeah. Is it going to be open source? Could I, could I borrow your software? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I've actually I've been putting the word out through MUFON. I know there's a few groups that have been having a difficulty with that exactly. With yeah, we have too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I'd love to share it. I'm definitely, everything will be open source. Oh, well, man. MUFON is sometimes... If you were a girl, I'd kiss you. 
<laughs> Let's just stop the grizzly stuff here. There's, MUFON tends to be somewhat difficult. Yeah, they they have been difficult to actually get through to talk to someone. Um, took quite a while, but we ended up being contacted, and they did an article for us that they agreed to put it on their site. Um, we had started out reaching out to different MUFON branches, like they'll have different MUFONs per state. And we had no success at all. And then Dave Schock, who's involved in the project as well, he had a contact that I guess works for the big MUFON, like the umbrella of them. And they ended up sending someone out to do an article on us and stuck it on their website. Uh, we're probably going to be going out in their, their little brochure they mail to everyone. So hopefully Dan, Dan Ackroyd's going to be looking at it because he's got his, his lifetime subscription to them. Um, but yeah, they, they ended up coming around and, and being quite helpful. So we were really pleased with that. Well, if, if you need some help with MUFON, let me know because the, the head of MUFON is, uh, is a friend and I've known okay. Jan Harzen for years. And, uh, if you need any sort of, uh, you know, adrenaline shot for the process, yeah. let me know. And, and we here at the Paracast, we are more than willing to help, uh, well conceived projects. So, uh, especially when it comes to, uh, networking with other like-minded individuals so just let us know and we'll we'll help in any way that we can let me ask you a question here too and that is once the satellite is aloft and i'm going to assume here this is all going to come to pass the project will be successful you'll get a satellite up when you want okay now what means are there to detect the signals is this something that can be measured around the world or do you have to be in specific locations or what well initially we were going to go through ham radio but um this was not feasible i mean we'd have to have such a network of ground stations all over the globe um the data rate was so slow so what we ended up doing is we were talking to a company called near space launch and they work directly with global star who has their network of satellites all around the globe up there and they they sell services for sat telephones um, various different companies will will purchase their data services. So we're getting a modem from them, and then we're just going to pay them a monthly data amount. So this is great because this will allow us to have, I think it's like 98% global coverage. There might be a couple areas in the ocean that you'll miss a few minutes. But also we'll be able to log in either through their website or receive emails of our data, or they'll help us integrate it right into our web, our own website. So that's how we're going to do our data, and it, it gives us a much higher data rate. The only limit then becomes cost. Yeah, I was going to ask, how much is this yeah. going to cost a month? Well, right now we're looking at, there's a package that's about 3000 a month, which uh, we should be able to do that. Now, this would allow us a constant stream, maybe every three seconds or every five seconds, of um, a small image, it's it's probably up to 200 kilobytes, which is tiny, and it still has a resolution that's 1900 by by 1900. So the resolution's good. And then what we could do is stream that, and it, we'd have a on our website like an image every five seconds. So kind of be like a really low frame rate video. Um, and then if we can perfect the software enough that the anomaly detection gets really good, when it detects an anomaly, it would send a high-def image. And, I mean, if we could keep it down so it wasn't sending more than, like, one or two a day, 
with real anomalies, then we could keep the data cost down. But if it starts sending high def images every second, then we're screwed. <laughs> oh, that's that's a huge amount of data. Now, yeah. if this is posted on your site, yes. therefore anyone can go to your site and see the signals, the transmissions as they're received. We're going to ask more questions about that, about the project, where it's going to go, and maybe more about your viewpoints about UFOs. And since this is called CubeSat for Disclosure, what do you think governments might know about UFOs? We have Dave Coat joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Dr. Joel Wallach here. If you're a baby boomer and you're worried about the big epidemics coming, and I'm not talking about the bird flu or the swine flu. I'm talking about epidemics of Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, obesity, diabetes, arthritis, cancer. That's because the 80 million baby boomers followed all the advice of doctors, and uh uh-oh, Houston, we have a problem. See Dr. Wallach live in Little Rock, Arkansas, Saturday, May 14th, 1 p.m. Go to www.cdocinarkansas.com. That's cdocinarkansas.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old-world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. 
Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Destroy harmful bacteria, allergens, bed bugs, dust mites, fleas in your home with the Ladybug Steam Vapor System. The Ladybug dies deep on surfaces without any toxic residue. Traditional control agents contain toxic chemicals which do more harm than good. Sanitize and disinfect using just water. Quick, fast, and surprisingly easy. Find out more now by calling 800-997-6584. Ask for Randy. That's 800-997-6584. Or go to advap.com slash GCN. That's advap.com slash GCN. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So the question I asked Dave Code is, based on what you're telling me, once this is up, once this is launched, once this is working, we can go to your site and see the pictures. Absolutely. Okay. In fact, um, I'll go further to say I'm, I'm working on the software now, and I've just been coding like crazy. And what I'm using is, because it's freely available, we've got the International Space Station's high-def cam that's similar to the camera we'll be using in terms of field of view. I'm running the software on that camera, the live stream, and I was thinking of actually, maybe in the next few days, putting up a, a dummy website that would stream their pictures and just do a mock scan of anomalies just to get a feel. I'd like to also put a comment board and people could comment um, suggestions. Uh, I, I'm measuring on my own laptop here, like how many pictures it's downloading, how much space it's taking up per day. Uh, it's pretty good so far. I mean, it's not going over three to six gigabytes per day. Now that's the high def images. So it looks like it's it's starting to work. Okay, let me ask you here more about this. And that is once this is up, once you've got your first satellite, and hopefully there will be more, would you consider running images from other UFO detection projects? I'd love that. I mean, if, if people wanted to collaborate, that would be wonderful. You see, that's part of the picture here is so much has been in the UFO field where there's not a lot of cooperation. But I wanted to go back briefly to your sightings. You've got all this instrumentation that you're contemplating for your satellite. You're seeing UFOs regularly. When you go out to do your sky watching, what do you have with you? I usually bring myself, a friend, a blanket, and a laser pointer. And recently I I purchased... um, a night vision uh, monocular, like a Owl Eye, I think is the brand, something like that, Owl something. I was a little bit discouraged after I purchased the night vision because it basically cut my sightings down to 25% um, because I think there's a lot of space junk up there. I saw a few little flashes, not the ones that turned on and moved around, but just little flashes that I thought could be something significant However, once looking through my night vision, I would see, oh, wait, I can actually make it out. 
and it looks like a tumbling piece of um, space junk. So yeah, usually when I go out, I'll bring a, a little laser pointer. It depends on whether you believe in this kind of thing or not, but my friend who initially took me for my first sighting, the one who had the huge experience, he seemed to think that, I mean, he straight up thinks they're extraterrestrials in their spaceships and they're very connected to us. He had made a, a few comments to me saying on our first night of, of a sighting, um, don't be scared. He said, um, they can sense it. I mean, I thought this was kind of strange, of course, but he said he'd taken friends in the past who were kind of terrified and they'd see nothing. And then the friend would go off into the bushes to the bathroom and he would see something. Um, this implied that there's some kind of a, I guess, a, like a psychic connection or something. And I don't know how much I put into that, how much I believe in that. But I will say that I tried meditating uh, a few times and the times I did meditate, we did see something. So, I mean, I don't know how far open your mind has to be to, to you know, believe that kind of stuff, but maybe there's something to it. Well, if you're Stephen Greer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, well, I understand no something here that Stephen Greer is someone who is not one of our favorite people. No? Okay. <laughs> you know, we don't see that any validity to his evidence He's more in it, we think, to make money from having people pay large amounts for UFO Skywatch. Right. Well, to, 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 to get trained as an ambassador to the universe with him as our chief, uh, our chief representative, I do think that there is a very large untapped potential in looking at the role of consciousness and, and the UFO phenomenon. Without question, there is a link how that link can be manifested is still open to some interpretation, but not nowhere near enough work has been done in that particular realm. And, and I do agree that there may be some sort of validity to being part of a co-creative process, shall we say, I think for lack of a better uh, definition. But there is a lot of uh, work that needs to be done in that realm. I'm convinced. I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I tend to need the scientific stuff, the, the facts to look at. But I mean, I, I have practiced some some meditation, and like I said, the few times we we did meditate at night, we would have a sighting. It was interesting. So yeah, I think consciousness is a, I guess, something that's not understood is is basically what it is. Of course, with a satellite, you can't have the satellite do any meditation. <laughs> but are you yeah. thinking that maybe when the satellite is aloft, and you know when it's a particular area that's near you, it's orbiting not far from you that you do a little consciousness work to see what you could generate? Well, you know, I've never thought of that. Huh. Perhaps we will. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't hurt to try, right? I guess it doesn't because we're still, you know, making assumptions in terms of what's going to happen here. You have to hope that a UFO is going to be aloft yeah. in a low space area at the time that your satellite's in the exact place you need i agree That's, and i tend to switch between the two mindsets of i think we're going to find something to i don't think we're going to find something and i, I kind of go back and forth i mean i've been writing the software and playing with the the space station video and my software is picking up anomalies and changes in the images which is great 
but I've actually been scanning through them and I never find something and I get discouraged and I think, man, we're never going to find something until I realize, wait, this is a NASA camera. And I mean, the outages are about once per hour, I think on their, on their little camera where they, they go to blue screen. And that makes me think, how do they have that many outages? I mean, if their oxygen systems had an outage, you know, there'd be some real problems. So perhaps, you know, maybe they are censoring, maybe they're censoring things. And then I'll jump back to, yes, we're going to, we're definitely going to find something. And I kind of just keep going back and forth and we'll just see what we, what we come up with, I guess. Okay. You have a crowd sourcing project to raise money. Where's that stand? Uh, we are at approximately 30,000 us dollars. And you need how much again? Um, I think we're there. I think we could accomplish uh, a U1 CubeSat at this point. However, we would not get all the instruments we need, uh, as well as the data, the data costs that we're going to be paying for. So right now, where we stand is I've, I've written a check to the, the launch company, um, Interorbital Systems, $16,625 has been sent to them. We're on their manifest. We're going to launch middle of next year. Uh, we should be up on their website soon in their little manifest section. Then I have $10,000 of checks written to Matt Lippert. He's building the satellite with some colleagues out of AFIT. Um, that should be able to buy most of the components. Now, he has mentioned there might be a little bit more because he can't do some of the electrical engineering um, in terms of if we have to actually custom build some things. So he may have to pay a bit of a salary or an hourly rate to some people. And if, if he needs to, to do that, it might cost a little bit more. Um, then I have uh, a Kickstarter that just, just finished, and we get probably about 5000 from that. That's going to go towards the data costs. So okay. that's... So it looks like right now we have to break in a moment. Right now it looks like you're almost there, but a few thousand dollars more wouldn't hurt. We have Dave Cote, and we're talking about CubeSat for disclosure, launching a UFO detector in space to find them. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com 
Before using heart and body extract, my energy level was very, very low. I could only walk a few feet and then would have to sit down. I was tired and lethargic. But after taking heart and body extract, my energy level has improved greatly, and I can now walk longer distances without getting tired so fast. Thank you, heart and body extract. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Hey everyone, with 20 plus years as a radio host, I've seen about everything. One thing that keeps recurring though are these timeshare charlatans. These high pressure salespeople who get folks to come out to some resort for a special weekend offer. Then they get them in a corner and browbeat them and coerce them into buying a timeshare they don't need, they don't want, and they can't afford. And then they're stuck with that thing forever monthly payments, mortgage payments, annual fees that keep going up and up. Well, up until recently, people thought they couldn't get rid of these things. You know, you can't get out of the contract. You can't get out of the deed or the membership. Well, that's not true. My friends at American Consumer Credit, a timeshare release company, can get you free. That's their personal guarantee. 12 years in business, free consultation, A-plus rating with the BBB. They're the real deal. You want to get out of your timeshare contract? Call them now. 800-587-EXIT. That's 800-587-3948, 800-587-EXIT. Call now, 800-587-3948. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old-world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So let's continue with this now. I assume, therefore, that if people still want to get involved, maybe donate a few dollars or a tax refund or something, they can go to your Kickstarter campaign. Is that where they go? Um, actually now we have a, it's an Indiegogo campaign. We had a Kickstarter, it, it completed. So we now have, we've started an Indiegogo campaign. We have a link, it's, it's cubesat.tech. So cubesat.tech. That will always point to the current campaign that's running. And once the launch happens, it'll point to our website. It'll have all the images, etc. 
there's a chance we may keep the the Indiegogo running for good. I mean, if it seems like this is a there's a lot of interest in this, we could end up putting further donations towards another launch. So, I guess we'll see. Like, if this if this is successful and interesting enough, maybe it could be a yearly thing. Like every every year, we have a three month window of looking for phenomenon and keeping the website running and just see what we come up with. What's the batting average of this launching place in terms of getting satellites into orbit successfully? They, I think they have a perfect record. I mean, on their, on their manifest and all their launches, they have made no mention of any failed launches. Um, I think it's like, they're quite secretive about their technology and, you know, maybe they've had some failures that they don't mention publicly, but I think some of their secrecy comes from um, their efficiency. They found a way to launch these satellites um, like commercially. I mean, they're a private company, and so they want to hold to their secrets, you know, tightly. Is there any guarantee at all, or is it done without a warranty of success? There's not a guarantee. So, yeah, if, if a rocket exploded, we would lose everything. I guess that's just the way that has to go. Well, I wouldn't want to raise that possibility. Obviously, the whole thing does work. They've got a good record, and their technology seems pretty amazing because I know there's a lot of other companies that are kind of vying for the same technology, uh, which is, I mean, these are not rockets like SpaceX or like NASA where they're sending things deep space or you know lunar or mars mission these are very affordable successful rockets that can get stuff into low earth orbit and they seem to have a really good average of getting things there so since you call yourself cubesat for disclosure let's look at the ufo thing for a moment here and that is do you think the governments of earth know something have guilty knowledge about ufos and that if we got them to talk we'd Here's some pretty interesting stuff. Wow. I guess that's the question. When I first, you know, had a sighting, um, I didn't think in those terms at all. I was more curious about, you know, what have I seen? But now being involved and having done some research and having talked to certain people, I think there might be a lot to that or at least something to that. Dave Schock, who's involved with the project and he's helped quite a lot, he came in because years ago he had had a similar idea to send a satellite for UFO purposes, but that was about a decade ago, maybe longer, and it was going to cost him $200 million to do so. Um, now, obviously, he was trying to raise quite a lot of money, and a lot of people were hearing about it. He ended up rubbing shoulders with various people. One of them worked for the president's office at the time, and kind of gave him some advice and told him that basically he had the okay that if he did get the funding and launch this thing, uh, I guess, long story short, the government wouldn't mind if UFOs were disclosed. But it, it was kind of along the lines of maybe they've known about it. Maybe there's a secret. Maybe if they came out with disclosure right now, people get really angry. So maybe they would like if some private citizens figured some stuff out so they could just kind of go, wow, you know, it's there. Interesting. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of interesting testimony from credible, really credible people that seem to think that, yes, the government knows about it. Yes, there's 
visitation happening, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, tagging the line, uh, tagging the term rather, disclosure to the project is an interesting choice. I think that that, uh, that could aid you, you know, for the the wider population who's interested in this subject and, and, and really lust after that disclosure, that magical mm-hmm. day when Obama or Donald <laughs> Trump, God forbid, uh, you know, trots out the press conference uh, with a little alien uh, hand in hand. And saying, yeah. "Well, we're finally going to fess up, and here's our little little space buddies, and we've you know known X amount about these these beings for X amount of years, and and of course you know half the population immediately would think it's just some sort of CGI trick, and that it's uh, uh, it's not to be taken seriously, and the other half would uh, I don't think they'd freak out like they did in 1938 when Orson Welles did the <laughs> fake War of the yeah. Worlds broadcast. I think that, that that excuse is is not tenable here in this modern age. But but the whole idea of, of tagging that ter- that term disclosure onto your project uh, kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit. What uh, what prompted that particular uh, decision to do to do to put that word there? Um, I think it was it was mainly because I think more interest comes to the project as a result of putting it into the category of disclosure. Um, I mean, disclosure implies that there's something to disclose when I guess the truth of the matter is we don't have enough scientific evidence to say that there's anything to disclose. But I mean, I, I kind of think about the testimony that exists from the pilots and military personnel, et cetera. And, and I think, well, as verbal testimony, that would go a long way in a court of law. Um, if you had that much verbal testimony from that many witnesses, it would hold up in court. So based on that, I'd, I'd say, okay, well, that's the disclosure we're going for. We're going to disclose whatever it is that's going on in, in the atmosphere of Earth. You uh, thought about possibly approaching other governments who have already uh, kind of opened up their files a little bit, loosened the secrecy of their files a bit like the United Kingdom, uh, Brazil, uh, France, uh, countries like that, and, and possibly, uh, you know, talked with some of the movers and shakers in those communities to to possibly get some some real deep pocket help from uh, from you know other governments. Let's say uh, you know put a little more pressure on on the U.S. Uh, with this. Have you considered that, or are you just you're just going for a complete grassroots crowdfunding thing? I think. I mean, initially, and and still, I'd like to stay as much, I think, away from governments or big big companies and try to keep this as much as a citizen-oriented project as possible. I think um, along the lines of open sourcing it, uh, I think that's a better approach. It's more, I think it's more respectable, more believable, more transparent that way. Uh, because if if somebody with a lot of money comes aboard, they're probably going to want control, and you know then maybe we won't be able to show everyone our software, show everyone every single image. Um, I mean, I I've kind of read some things of one of them. I can't remember who the fellow's name was, but he got involved with MUFON and and funding their star. His name is Robert Bigelow. Right, and and there was all this. Uh, kind of conspiracy of did he do this just as a, a means to get control of the information and I mean whether this is the case or isn't the case it's like the questions start to arise once big money gets involved and I don't really want that I want to keep it 
you know, it's it's a bunch of people putting their money together to do something really interesting. Yeah, he also is the only private individual in the world that has his own orbiting space station. Really? Really. Wow. And he's been contracted by NASA to supply modules for um, for orbiting space flat platforms, Bigelow Aerospace. That's interesting. Did he... Did he have his space station before he was involved with MUFON? That's an interesting question. That is a good question. Gene, when did he <laughs> launch Genesis 1? I will research it. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not one to jump on conspiracies. Um, but it, I think, yeah, if, if deep pockets and big money or governments were to jump in and fund our project and give us like a million bucks or a hundred million, I think then a lot of questions would arise from people. And whether these questions were valid or not, I just think they would arise. No. Well, Lawrence Rockefeller funded me for two years, no strings attached. Wow. That is cool. So, you know, there is hope. (laughs) That is really cool. Wow. Before we break, Genesis 1 was launched... On July 12, 2006. That's quite a bit before the connection to MUFON. We've got Dave Coach joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you
Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So isn't that interesting, if we're looking for anniversaries, Genesis 1 from Bigelow Aerospace launched in 2006 on July 12th. The Paracast debuts February 28th of that year. There was no connection, whatever. Genesis 2 was launched in 2007. Very cool. We really like to educate our guests when they come on the show. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's very cool. The topics we're touching upon, there's so much information, like, I mean, there's the UFO subject, there's all the different government questions, there's, like, now we're on to this Bigelow fellow and, and MUFON, and then there's the science, there's the CubeSat, there's all the different aspects of the camera and what we're measuring. So we've got, there's a lot of fields kind of being clumped together here. I think it's really interesting. Have you gotten any response from the Canadian government about your, your effort? Has there been any sort of dialogue there? I'd be interested to know what you're what your your mother country there would uh, officially have to say about an effort like that. Trudeau seems like a pretty uh, open-minded guy. Well, I have not actually reached out to any governments, per se. I've basically talked to whomever media outlet is interested um, in like doing interviews and interviews for radio, interviews for television, interviews for um, articles, written articles. But I haven't put out any emails to actual governments um, mainly we've hit up all the different news agencies that we could think of. Are you getting much response from America? Quite a lot. Let me think. I could say our, our funders are global. Uh, we had a lot of American support from people contributing, but then we had a lot from like France, South America, South Africa, Mexico, Germany. We've had like basically most of the countries most of the major um, industrial countries have kind of come on board. But this is citizens, of course, uh, not governments. What about news media? News media, it's been pretty good. As for mainstream, we've only had one. It was uh, based out of Ontario, uh, CHCH News. They wanted to do a, a Skype interview, a video interview. And they actually aired it on uh, like Canadian national television, which was very cool. Um, then we had the province newspaper, which is our actual local newspaper here in Vancouver. They did an article on us. I think they were the two only real, like mainstream, um, news companies that got involved. And strangely, right after CHCH aired our interview, they claimed bankruptcy. And I'm really hoping there was no connection there. Well, strange things happen with UFOs. What about detractors? Have you had any people say, hey, this is nonsense, what are you doing, you're wasting money, what? Um, not really. We've had some questions uh, of the technical capabilities. Um, I've had a few people comment that there's no way I can pull this off because of the the various testing that has to happen, like the vibration testing and hardening everything to radiation. And I, I happen to be very lucky that Matt Lippert came on and actually has access to the facilities to do these tests and it's not going to cost us anything so that's really cool that's the main thing and then of course some people are just skeptical that we'll find anything because some people don't think anything exists out there well you don't know unless you try in terms of the amount of money you're spending 
it's chump change. I mean, if you can get somebody like a Donald Trump to yeah. say, here's a million dollars, why don't you launch a bunch of satellites? I mean, wow, that would be crazy. But a dude like that, he's going to want some control. Exactly, yeah. I mean, my thoughts are basically that anytime something that humans come across that is strange or interesting, we study it. It's kind of just what we do. We, we figure out what's going on and we study it, whether it be a particle decayed in a, in a funny manner. We want to know why. Why did it decay that way? Why didn't it fit the models we currently have, etc.? And we spend, I mean, human beings spend hundreds of billions of dollars um, studying things. So what's funny about the possible extraterrestrial uh, phenomenon is that you get all these people saying they're witness to something strange, they're witness to a sighting. Um, you get pilots, you get, you get some credible, credible people like the Canadian um, ex-minister of uh, defense he says he has knowledge that, you know, earth has been visited. So basically you have all these people who've seen things and something weird's happening. And yet it hasn't been scientifically probed. And I, I think that it should be. Now, one thing occurred to me, just as I was thinking here, you have this area West of Vancouver, where you're regularly seeing things ever consider the possibility of putting a surface based, UFO detection system in that area to see what would happen? I haven't thought of it, but that's probably a, a really cool idea. It would probably cost a heck of a lot less than a CubeSat, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it would. And another one that I, I recently thought of, this came up, I came upon it just based on um, testing of the CubeSat. Weather balloons. Um, you can launch a weather balloon or, or get one for like a couple hundred bucks, like under a thousand dollars, we could put all the same instruments on a weather balloon that would do all the same things basically. And it would be a, a, a tiny fraction of the cost. What would it cost for the instrumentation? The same as the satellite or a lot less? A lot less because you wouldn't have to harden it for, for space. Um, you wouldn't have to care so much about it being perfect because your launch, your launch mechanism costs 500 bucks. Whereas with a satellite, you want everything to be perfect because you're spending 17,000 bucks just for the launch. Well, let me just be a devil's advocate here. You have a place there and Chris is sympathetic to this because he's in a similar situation. You have a place that appears to be attracting a lot of unusual events. Mm Hmm. With a satellite, the chances of capturing anything aren't that high, but it's certainly worth the effort to try. You've got to try, especially if UFOs are related to outer space. But now Mm -hmm. you have a place here that for a small amount of money that maybe you can just do it with a credit card or something or have each of your partners, your seven partners say, okay, we'll go get a credit card advance for $500 each and we'll put something together with a balloon-based system, with a surface-based system, hey, why aren't you doing it? That's a good idea. I mean, I hadn't thought of it prior to this. Um, one one reason that kind of drove my interest in, in a satellite was that if you came across something that was in the atmosphere, you would likely, like if you're close enough 
to get it visually, you're also going to be close enough to get some electromagnetic measurements. You're also going to be close enough to get some um, possible radiation measurements. So that's why I think it was a good idea to, to build a satellite that's got all the things condensed into one. Um, I think the, um, a ground operation is a great idea. It may be difficult, I don't know, about measuring the, the electromagnetic, depending um, if you get something visual. I mean, if it's in the up, if it's in the lower atmosphere, you're probably not going to be able to measure too much in terms of electromagnetics or or gravitation. It's it's all depends on field strength and proximity. Okay, but yeah, I've, the, the I've, I've been doing a, uh, a you know working for a number of years on a uh, triangulated um, instrumented array in the San Luis Valley, which is uh, fairly well known for its. It's ongoing waves of uh, anomalous aerial object activity, and uh, with with the proper software for detect motion and and track motion, um, you can send coordinate data to all the cameras, and they can swing around and triangulate. Uh, okay. When you start triangulating arrays on objects, uh, the amount of data that you can, you know, just optical data, for instance, uh, you'd yeah. be able to determine, you know, a vast amount of 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 facts about the about the event let's do our break we've got more to talk about and chris of course is defining the project that he's setting up we have dave Cote. we're talking about cubesat and maybe some ideas for other measuring systems with gene and chris you're in the paracast If you're fascinated by UFOs, ancient aliens, archaeological mysteries, ghost hunting, Atlantis, and any other paranormal topic as we are, be sure to check out apmagazine.info each month. Since 1985, it has presented the latest research by top researchers like Andrew Collins, Brad Steiger, and many others, and contains interviews with such leading personalities as Jacques Vallée. Check, click on one of their banners and check out apmagazine.info. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. 
Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Chris, you were explaining, and we can continue now, the way you're setting up your system. Go ahead, please. Well, what we've decided to do, because I, I know a satellite, I mean, that's really sexy sounding. And uh, there would be a lot of interest in, in, in a project like that. Something that I'm doing uh, doesn't have quite the, uh, the cachet, let's say, uh, of a project like, like CubeSat. But uh, I think it's important to begin both, uh, you know, it's kind of a double-pronged attack here. Identify hotspot areas, have um, you know, have have in place of fixed locations to monitor uh, the you know above Earth airspace here, but combined with a system that's also spaceborne, um, wouldn't it be neat if you were headed over uh, the Rocky Mountains and all of a sudden we had an event in Southern Colorado, and my system was operating and your system was operating? The data that you could you could glean from that would be just just dazzling. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, I, again, I think uh, the kind of idea you have could be, you know, the space version of what uh, the, what I've been proposing and what I'm I'm in the midst of uh, of setting up right now. We we actually did a beta test uh, a, a few years ago, and and we're able to uh, capture some pretty interesting anomalies that turned out to be mundane. But uh, it's good to be able to to get a data a, a, a bunch of data together that then you can use to to you know factor out false positives, shall we say, 
So, yeah. the, you know, I think, I think both approaches, um, you know, are, are important uh, to monitor hotspot areas and then to monitor, you know, airspace. I think uh, once you get a, a, a satellite network up, and possibly even something uh, with more technology in it that could be placed higher and still have the capabilities of a low orbit orbital uh, platform. Then you could you could talk about geosynchronous orbits, that sort of thing. A question that kind of raises comes up in my mind is: um, space is filled with a lot of junk up there, and are these uh, orbital paths? How, how are you choosing this uh, particular orbital path? And and do you have any sort of I don't know. It's awful small. So I guess colliding with some space junk is, is probably not too much of a concern. But is there a way to determine uh, an optimal orbital path that uh, that keeps you out of harm's way with uh, the f- thousands of bolts and screws and <laughs> stuff traveling at, you know, at amazing yeah. uh, speeds up there? Is there a way to figure all that out in advance? Or is there some sort of algorithm? I mean, I'm sure there is. But I think I mean, that's something that interorbital systems will be dealing with. Yeah. Because I'm like, they do all the launches, and I'm sure they've kind of figured that stuff out. I've never heard of any of their satellites being damaged by space junk. I think, I think there's only been a few events where some space junk, um, like, re- actually wrecked a satellite. Right. For the most part, I don't think we're high enough up to worry so much. Yeah. Cause you are in low, low, you said what, 300, 300 kilometers up or? Yeah. Yeah. About 310 kilometers. So we're, like we're much lower than the space station, yeah. and we're not as high as a lot of the telecommunication satellites that are up there. Well, and most but of I the think, space junk too. You're way below yeah. that. Yeah. Apparently, a lot of the space junk I, I was reading about was created when I think it was China. They sent a like an anti-satellite missile up to to test. They destroyed one of their own satellites, but it created thousands and thousands of little bits of junk that's up there now. So, so that, it's the Chinese fault. They did well, it all. It was a test. And I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of countries have screwed things up with tests. But but yeah, it's it's kind of terrible. Yeah. Well, there's there's talk of a robotic satellite system that'll be sent up like a like a, a large uh, the garbage collector that's going to be going yeah. and collecting. It'll be, you know, they'll have maneuverable capabilities. So it, they're going to be <laughs> scooping up space junk. The movie uh, Gravity, that was quite terrifying, and that sort of had to do with space junk. Yeah, it did. How about um, micrometeorites, things like that? I mean, are you going going to be able to withstand a, uh, you know, dust particles traveling at, uh, what is it, 60,000 miles an hour or something? We can hope. We can definitely hope. I mean, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Micrometeorites. Let's say we were hit by a meteorite, that would be almost as amazing as, as catching an anomaly. The odds Numbers against that are, are yeah. <laughs> but are I mean, pre- I, are pretty much in your favor. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I definitely agree that putting together like the CubeSat or any space, space observations along with ground observations. Um, I hadn't actually thought of teaming up that way because I was thinking, well, what we'd rely on is, you know, uh, MUFON reports. So say we do capture something and then we've got some visual, then we've got some electromagnetic and whatever else. But then we go to the sighting reports and see if there was anything happening in that same area that same day. But also, yes, ground-based data that could correlate with it, I think, would be oh, amazing. That, that, that would be, uh, oh man, I'd need a hanky just thinking about that. Oh, We're like, getting kind of grisly here, folks. This is family <laughs> radio. 
Oh, I'd have to blow my nose because I'd be so excited. If we could do a first project that was successful and show people that, you know, for not so much money, you could put these things up, be it a ground station, a CubeSat, weather balloon, whatever. But if more people interested in the topic would start doing it, we could do it globally. I mean, our coverage would increase a thousandfold. Yeah, yeah, I'll say. Here's now, I'm going to ask you a quick question here, too. All right, so say you want to adapt your CubeSat project to a surface system, a balloon-based system. Mm. All right, how long do you think it would take you to do that? And would it cause you to sacrifice the work you're doing on the satellite? I don't think so. I haven't done any research on the balloons. That recently got into my brain, just talking of testing and then realizing, oh, my goodness, they're... These balloons exist. Um, I don't even know what the rules are around launching them. There's probably some kind of rules in terms of where you launch it, how long it's allowed to be up, etc. Just make um, sure it doesn't it doesn't uh, crash at Roswell. Yeah, exactly. And I have an idea for you for funding. Yeah, since you since you're going to have a live feed on the internet, why not sell advertising to have a logo in the lower right hand corner of uh, Dow Chemical or Monsanto or, you know, some big pocket corporation and just say, hey, you know, how would you like to have your logo on the only space-borne UFO detection system on the, on the, on the feed? Yeah, that's probably a great idea. I mean... No, no it is a great idea. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank Send you. Chris a check for this. He could use it to pay for the San <laughs> yeah, Luis Valley I'll take Project. I'll a 10% finder's fee for the idea. The other I mean, idea I- might be here, you said this will be open source, which means that anybody could get the software. Yeah, that's. I mean, they can download the software and everything. But what about assembling construction kits? Developing a construction kit where anybody who wanted to build a similar system could go ahead and do it, and this way you can expand your coverage. And you're doing it in a way that you're not merchandising. Although I guess you could sell ready-made kits, which would be one way to merchandise it. But setting up a system here where you provide instructions. This is the equipment we need for the cameras. This is what we need for this. Here is a software, kind of almost like a turnkey system that people could build without too much trouble. And then if that works, then you can actually start assembling them and selling them and use that to finance further projects. You know, I'm developing a whole marketing plan for you here, and I know nothing about marketing, as most people know. Dave Cote is joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in (laughs) the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. By now, you know the smart way to buy emergency food storage is calories per dollar. Ready Supply Foods sells you 50% more food for your money. GMO-free, 25-year shelf life, great tasting, and free shipping. You need 2,000 calories per day under ideal conditions. Most 30-day kits don't have enough calories to sustain you for more than a week. They just don't have enough nutrition to do the job. See the comparisons for yourself at ReadySupplyFoods.com. We are the new leader in value and quality. 
Go to ReadySupplyFoods.com today. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. My name is Don Wiskin, and at 42 years old, I suffered a massive heart attack and was told I'd be on disability for the rest of my life. What did I do? I created Extendivite, a garlic and cayenne mix of seven herbs which rebuilt my heart and gave me back my life. For over 17 years now, I have made this formula available to you so you don't have to suffer the same thing I did. Clean your blocked arteries and strengthen your heart and boost your natural immune system. I'm 60 years old now and I still work every day. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Extend your life with Extendovite. This is Rick Osick, president of Famous Footwear. Our company is working together with the March of Dimes through March for Babies to raise money and awareness about the serious problem of premature birth in the U.S. As a business leader, I know that babies born very sick or too soon cost businesses billions of dollars each year, in addition to the emotional stress on employees and their families. That's why Famous Footwear is committed to raising funds to improve the health of moms and babies everywhere. Won't you please join us in the March for Babies? Start a team today at marchforbabies.org. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. I'm kind of serious here, Dave Cote. What do you think, yeah. Chris? Hey, you know, uh, more heads are better than one. We've come up with two great ideas that could generate some some additional interest and also generate, uh, you know, those those very important hundred dollars a day to pay for your for your actual uh, for your actual downlink. I mean, I'll comment to all that to all those questions and ideas. I think the the idea of the you know having like advertising banners on the site is a great one. Um, I don't know what our, you know, our monthly hits are going to be like. I'd like to think it'd be really high, um, being the first uh, CubeSat launched by citizens for this purpose. So yeah, we'll definitely try that. And 
the as for the software and open sourcing, I'm definitely going to, you know, open source, give it to anyone who's interested. It's basically just I'm writing it in Python and everything I'm using to write it is also open source. I'm just kind of putting the pieces together. Um, I'm I'm very open to sharing it as I perfect it. This is Linux it. or what? Uh, yeah, well, I'm doing it on Linux on Ubuntu, but you can get Python on Windows. You can get Python on Mac. It's kind of the most common software language that's out there. Like most web servers that run your websites, a large percent of them are run, they run Ubuntu, um, the server version of Ubuntu. Ubuntu comes with Python, so it's built right into it. Now, and the servers great- that I've run are CentOS, which is like the open source version of Red Hat. That's very similar. Python will run on that as well. Okay, but what I'm thinking here is, obviously Windows is a more complicated beast in terms of taking something from Linux, but porting something from Linux to a Mac because of the family resemblance, they're both Unix, ought to be a piece of cake, Mm -hmm. don't you think? It's pretty easy, yeah. So I'm encouraging you here to build a Mac version is what I'm doing. Oh, well, yeah, Python runs on Mac very easily. Basically, you just, you make sure you have an an interpreter, Python interpreter. Just make sure you have all the drivers that will run Python, and then the software will run on it. The way I'm running it now, I'm running it on a live interpreter. So I open the Python interpreter, and then I'll just, I run the code. I can also run it from a script. Um, I can also make it executable. But it's pretty simple in terms of, a language that people can understand. I think most computer programmers dabble in Python, so I think it's a good choice. And then finally, to comment on the uh, little kits, like if we were to give kits or open source how to build, that's going to be up to Matt Lippert and Lippert Technologies, which will be the company that he's starting. I know that I signed an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, to look at all his parts and chassis and he uses three 3D printers to, you know, print the frame, that kind of thing. I don't know how open he wants to be because he's actually going to be starting a, a CubeSat company. He's going to be building kits for uh, universities, which is going to be cool. But I know he's very excited about that. He's going to be sending kits out to university, encouraging them to start teaching a course on on CubeSats, that kind of thing. I will definitely put out there as much as I can in terms of how to build your own CubeSat. Okay, but I'm not just thinking of CubeSat. I'm thinking yeah. of detection systems for surface placement and for balloon uh-huh. placement. That at least may not infringe on whatever he wants to do. So if he wants to keep that proprietary, that's fine. But yeah. you could still adapt it to surface and balloon use. That's a great idea. Yeah, I say we should do that. You know, Chris, we ought to get something started here, I think. Well, I'm definitely going to be getting your contact information after we're done taping here because, boy, I'll tell you, we have a a team of postdoc uh, students in Italy that have been scratching their heads. They've come up with with good software for nighttime use, but the real, real, obviously, the best data is going to be uh, gathered during the daylight hours. And and we're having problems with ground, ground clutter and 
other things. And, and Douglas Trumbull, who, of course, is the special effects whiz that did the special effects for Close Encounters and 2001 Blade Runner, blah, blah, blah. I, I had the, uh, the pleasure and honor of meeting him uh, some weeks ago at the International UFO Congress. And I made the comment, oh, boy, I sure wish we could get a hold of some of that military targeting software. And he goes, oh, it's not as hard as you think. <laughs> oh. So, <laughs> yeah, he said, well, there's a will, there's a way, you know. So it, with a twinkle in his eye, kind of a little wink, wink, you know. So I'm not I'm not exactly sure uh, what that meant, but I believe me, I'm going to find out. Just parenthetically here, your colleague Dave Schott wrote me and said that he came very close to meeting me or Chris at the International oh. UFO Congress. But evidently, Alejandro Rojas... Yes. was busy talking to somebody else and it didn't work out. That's too bad. Yeah, he was down there for, I think, a full day and he had a blast. I wish I could have been there. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this because, boy, if we could get uh, get the bugs worked out of our system, uh, that would enable us to to go full speed ahead right now. That's, a, that's the one thing that's hanging us up. The area in Colorado where this array will be placed is in South Central Colorado above the border of New Mexico. It's a known UFO hotspot. There's been thousands of uh, sightings there uh, evident and flowing in waves. And one of the things, again, that we really want is obviously uh, detect motion and uh, and coordinate triangulation uh, with motion tracking. So once we get past that hurdle, we're going to be uh, raring to go. And we're also going to be providing kits for others to set up uh, systems in, at other hotspot areas. The other problem that we were having is bandwidth. And because it is such a remote rural area, uh, it's taken quite a while for the area to catch up to the state of technology now. But now we're in a situation where that problem has been solved by the inexorable spread of, of, of T2 lines and, and, and uh, you know, high bandwidth uh, scenarios. So that is no longer a problem. The only thing really, the only sticky wicket right now is, like I said, that, uh, that motion tracking software. So any help that you could provide our team, any sort of ideas or, or um, uh, you know, obviously we're going to be dealing with different, uh, different problems. Uh, yeah. one, one being spaceborne, one being, you know, ground, ground located. So, but I'm sure, uh, you know, brilliant minds working together <laughs> have a habit of yeah. being able to, you know, to, you know, conquer obstacles, I think for lack of a better term. So yeah, I, I'm really excited to, uh, to, to speak further with you about this. And, uh, and I do urge you to come up with uh, creative ways of, of, funding the project so that you can uh, start putting up other birds and, and expanding the network. And, and uh, I yeah. think this is very exciting. Uh, like you mentioned at the top of the show, when I costed out a three camera system back in 94 and five, it would have been a million, a million dollars to do what oh we can God. now do today for about 20,000. Wow. Isn't so, that crazy? Wow. Yeah, well, it's I love it. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's it's a, a, a twenty plus year vision that we're almost at the point of actualizing, and and uh, I think the idea of of having some advertising uh, on the site, uh, you know, you could uh, approach the the companies that are supplying your optics, companies that are supplying uh, you know the constituent parts basically, and then and yeah. then other other people like MUFON, get them to you know pony up some dough and and. Uh, <laughs> 
You know, I mean, I mean, I think there's all sorts of uh, marketing uh, potential for companies out there uh, to have such a high visibility project. Uh, you know, as a, as an advertising and marketing vehicle, and and you know, we live in a capitalist system, so why not take advantage of it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. One thing I want to say, though, Chris, before we go on, getting MUFON to contribute anything other than maybe some coverage to the event is easier said than done. That's true. They don't normally do things like that. They they had considered um, possibly putting a like a little bit of a donate thing uh, in regards to our project, but I think their budget is kind of thin. I don't think they have a lot of money. I think they they rely on you know raising funds through their own site for themselves. So that's that's probably why. But yeah, I think for coverage they could be really good, like getting the word out. I mean, their newsletter that goes out to, to all the subscribers, um, including Dan Aykroyd, um, I think that's great. If you can get Dan Aykroyd to participate, that'd be great. If you try to reach out to him, I'll ask you that question, and we'll yeah. have your answer on the other side. We've got one more segment, one more few minutes to spend with Dave Cote. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. Before using Heart and Body Extract, my energy level was very, very low. I could only walk a few feet, 
and then would have to sit down. I was tired and lethargic, but after taking heart and body extract, my energy level has improved greatly, and I can now walk longer distances without getting tired so fast. Thank you, heart and body extract. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So Dave Coat, with regard to CubeSat, and we know Dan Aykroyd is a paying member, lifetime member of MUFON, and he's got plenty of money. Have you tried to reach out to him directly to see if he'd be willing to provide some assistance? I have. It's very hard to get a hold of celebrities now. It's not that they're not interested. It's that too many people try to contact them. And working in film, I had to kind of learn how to get a hold of people. And sometimes you'll go through an agent for like a large actor and you'll have to pay a fee just to get a meeting with them, or you'll have to have a guaranteed amount if you're going to book them for a role. So it, I think they like they weed out the people that want to swarm them, the paparazzi, that kind of thing. What I did is I found um, an email for Dan Aykroyd has a wine company that he started, and I sent an email through the, the wine company website hoping that it could get to him. Um, I also tried Twitter. I've tried various people through Twitter, but... I haven't had too much of a response with that. So I'm sure they get thousands of tweets from people every day. And well, yeah, it's difficult. Well, Crystal had vodka. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he like, spoke uh, down in Phoenix about three or four years ago at a book signing. 
Uh, he does pop up from time to time uh, here and there. But the guy's, you know, obviously got deep pockets. I mean, just, just his syndicated Elwood, Elwood's Bluesmobile. I mean, God, he must have a steady source of weekly income just from that, from uh, Red Wing Boots and, and some of the advertisers that are real faithful on, on that program. So, I mean, the, if there's a will, there's a way. The best way to get to these people is to find somebody that's close to them. Who would be easier to uh, to approach and, and get to him, and to interest Dan Aykroyd in something like this, I think would, is a no brainer. I think if you put out some sort of uh, message through Jan Harzen at, at MUFON, or you know, take a side channel, back channel to get to him, and I, I think uh, you, I wouldn't be surprised if he would be very, very supportive. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping so. I mean, so yes, we we've talked to Jan uh, at MUFON. He was supportive of our projects, and uh, it has helped to include us in an article on their site. Through that channel, um, a newsletter should be going out within the next month. It's their monthly, I think it's a monthly newsletter that comes from MUFON. Yes. And yeah, and that's the printed one that we've been told Dan Aykroyd reads all of them. So that's kind of the channel that we're hoping reaches him. Because I think with someone like him who has such an in- interest in this topic, it's not a matter of they're not going to want to talk to you about it. It's more a matter of getting the information in front of their eyes. That's the challenge. So I'm hoping that the, the newsletter, you know, tips them off and maybe we get an email. Even just a mention would probably help us out quite a lot. Yeah. Also, uh, Tom DeLong from Blink-182 is a huge UFO buff. And uh, Robbie Williams, the pop singer from England, is also a huge UFO buff. And there's there's others, too. There's... You know, you the Shirley MacLaine's, and you know, you could go down the list of people that have. Uh, I mean, geez, even uh, what's his name, Stammy Hagar, claimed he's an abductee. <laughs> really? Oh, wow! And he's got some serious dough. <laughs> and you know, Rihanna apparently hired someone to be down uh, close to Area Fifty One and report to her any any sightings he has, any interesting news. Right. So that's Katy Perry. Yeah, and uh, Bieber. <laughs> Apparently is a, a UFO nut as well. well. Well, I'd stay away from that one, but. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Beaver? Oh, oh, oh Justin yeah. Bieber. I yeah, think we should never, send him in orbit. You never know. Yeah. Isn't he a small guy? Maybe it wouldn't take much. Maybe. Yeah. yeah I, I would love to launch him into low Earth orbit and, and then have a big party watching him re enter. Oh, dear. Let's not get violent because people will then say, you know what? We could do that to Donald Trump. Well, you brought it up. What is the lifespan? Three months, you said? Three months. Uh, if there's, say we get a huge, crazy solar month, it could lower it to you right. know, two months. But technically, it could go longer. I mean, four or five months. Oh, it all that's depends great. On, yeah, it depends on space weather is a major factor. We're in, I think we're in a peak right now. So we're in one of the busier areas. Right. So we're, pro- we're probably looking at three months. Yeah, we're we're going out of a solar eleven uh, year solar peak year. I think I think it came early this time. Yeah, so hopefully by next year it'll have died down enough so that we get you know at least our three months. That would be nice. Yeah, the other thing I would I would really urge you is to um, to get somebody um, to help bring the team up to speed about the the just the subject of ufology. I think it's important once you once you get closer to launch date. You know, it's important to be really knowledgeable about about the subject, obviously. And I, I'm sure you're you're scrambling to get up to speed. But uh, if you need any help in that regard, uh, the Paracast is a perfect place to uh, to pick some brains. We have some very very brilliant people on our forums. 
people way smarter than me, and I know a lot about the subject. And I think it's important because you're going to have to come from a place of authority, obviously. Once the media attention starts, uh, you'll, you'll, if you're able to reference you know, particular cases, able to reference data, uh, you know, like Peter Davenport from the National UFO uh, Reporting Center has uh, how many uh, events has he logged? I think he logs about thirty thousand a year. Is that what he said? Well, not a year, but he logs quite a few. Or, or he's, he's logged uh, just tens and tens of thousands of reports. And of course, move on. I really urge you to contact Brian Vike, uh, just because you're you're in in British Columbia as he is. Yeah. And uh, and he's a really good person to to uh, dovetail your local efforts there. And I think it's important to you know to come across um, as knowledgeable and as as healthily skeptical uh, mm-hmm. as as you can. That's important because once people tag the true believer tag on you, uh, science and academia has a hard time reconciling that uh, particular <laughs> tag yeah, on an individual or an organization. So. You're getting into the realm of uh, of of politics here, and and to be as fully up to speed as as humanly possible, obviously, is going to be, to work to your advantage. Yeah, definitely. And I would love to exchange information um, over email in the future, and pick your guys' brain and um, share on our our software updates and any ideas I might have to help you out on your projects. Um, that, that would be excellent. Thank you. There's a lot of stuff. Like I I recently. I have a drone that I got for Christmas as a present um, for my fiance. It's just one of those little drones that flies around. You control it with a smartphone. And I've been playing with getting it to fly by itself. And to do this, it needs object recognition from a single uh, monocular camera. It is able to see a red ball, and then you move the red ball around and it'll follow it. So I think that's right along the lines of what you're looking for. I didn't write the software, but it is open source. And yeah, I'd love to just send you everything I know on that. Cause that, could that be would great. be, you know, it could be, uh, it could be that one just little, uh, yeah. Answer to, uh, to a problem that, uh, would get, get us over the hurdle. We've been working, uh, about nine, 10 months on it. You know, they were paid somewhat, but the, you know, obviously the amount of work that's going into it is not going to more even come close to covering it. So thank you very much for being on the show and, Look forward to, to, to communicating more. Dave, yeah, would definitely. you please tell our listeners where they can check you out and get more information about what you're doing? Absolutely. If you go to cubesat.tech, so that is http dot dot slash slash cubesat.tech, cubesat.tech. And that will take you to the latest fundraising for the CubeSat project. You can find us on Twitter. If you look for the Paracast, on Facebook, we've got a pair of Paracast fan clubs. One's a group, one's a community or something like that, but they work. We also have a second radio show and a special feature called Paracast Plus. So we present after the Paracast, which consists of color commentary, extended interviews, all sorts of things. It's available as an exclusive feature of the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com. Let me tell you what the deal is. It's a modest monthly, annual, five-year, or lifetime subscription rate. It gets you the ad-free version of this show where we kill 41 minutes of those network ads. We give you slightly better audio quality. 
We give you after the PowerCast. We're adding video. We're adding a special channel that's going to be the classic earliest episode of the PowerCast cleaned up to sound better without ads, show transcripts. What else can you ask for? Go to plus.thepowercast.com, P-L-U-S.thepowercast.com. Dave Coat, it's been a fascinating session. Thank you, sir, for joining us on the PowerCast. Thank you very much. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.